This is episode number 169 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stanett. Everybody, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and professional speaker and presenter. Last week, I was, I was actually teaching a class, and I had one of my class members actually came up to me while I was in the during a break and, and said, hey, you've seen a lot of different types of presentation skill development, right, Doug? And I, I, I agreed, yeah, I've been doing this for, for quite a while. And, and she said, what is the absolute best way for somebody to improve their public speaking skills? And it's funny because... Um, I had to think about it for a second. I mean, I've come across a lot of different things. What's the actual, what's the single best, most important? And I actually had a tough time narrowing it down to just one, but I was able to come up with a few things. And so on this episode, I'm going to give you my five kind of secrets to improving public speaking skills or improving your, your presentation skills. Um, so I'm, I'm going to unveil those secrets here. Um, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you might recognize some of these from some of the other episodes, but we're going to put it all into one single capsule so you can get it all in, in one sitting. Uh, by the way, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that. Also, if you if you want to leave me a review, I would appreciate that as well. That, that really helps us kind of market the the podcast to other people. We've also got a very, very popular YouTube channel that's churning out presentation tip videos left and right. I, I think sometimes we're getting as many as like three or four a week. Make sure to subscribe there as well. Uh, and, and by the way, finally, many, many states are now opening up uh, and a lot of them are opening up more quickly now. We're starting to see a a really big surge in request for the in-person public speaking classes again. Uh, so uh, the the classes that we have coming up in the next couple of months are in Atlanta, Las Vegas, Dallas, Denver, Houston, and St. Louis. Um, if you're in a location other than those, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com if you want to attend one of the classes. Shoot us an email. We're we're trying to put them on our list. We're trying to schedule classes where we have. Um, uh, uh, requests that are coming in. So the more you folks that email us, the the more likely we are to get back to your city you know, a little a little faster. Um, by the way, flights are really inexpensive. By the way, so if you're in a city other than the ones that I just mentioned, the um the, you can still at least right now you can still get some fairly decent prices on flights and hotels are still really really cheap. Flights are starting to go up though, so if you do want to fly in, it might be a good idea to kind of book that travel fairly quickly because we are noticing that the prices are starting to to kind of creep up. Um, so if you want to avoid travel altogether, you can find uh, details about our virtual presentation classes on the website as well. So all of that, all of those details are on our website at fearlesspresentations.com. So www.fearlesspresentations.com. You can find details about all of our classes, virtual, in-person, cities we're coming to. And if you want us to come to another city, make sure and reach out to us. All right. So enjoy today's session on how to improve your presentation skills. So the title of the session today is my seven best tips to improve 
presentation skills, basically to improve your your public speaking or to practice being a better public speaker. Um, so just so you know, the absolute best way to reduce public speaking fear is just to get better at speaking in front of a group, right? So if you think about it, anytime that you get really good at doing something, your confidence in that area is going to soar. So when we teach, for instance, when we teach our fearless presentations classes, um, we spend maybe the first couple of hours helping the audience actually get more comfortable, reduce that nervousness, reduce the jitters. And then we spend the remaining at least three quarters of the class focusing on how to improve public speaking skills. And so what I'm going to do is in this session, I'm going to give you kind of a quick overview of some of the things that that, that we do in our classes and things that I would suggest you do as well if you want to really um, reduce that nervousness get, and really improve your, your skills. But really over the last, I would say, 20 years or so that I've been 25 now, um, I've seen thousands of different ways to practice public speaking. And, and so in this episode, I thought it would be fun to kind of summarize the absolute best tips to improve your presentation skills. So if you focus on these things, then you're going to really gain confidence in a very short period of time. So let me kind of go through what the seven things are, and then we'll go into a little bit more detail about each one of these. Uh, and by the way, there are thousands of ways to reduce stage fright and, and get better at public speaking. But these seven simple tips will, will give you the most bang for your buck anyway. All right. So number one, number one is that you want to narrow down your presentation topic to a single result that really interests your audience. So it's got to be something that the audience is really interested in. Um, the second thing is that you want to organize your presentation into just a few main bullet points. The, the more you cover, the more boring your presentation is going to be, the harder it's going to be to deliver that thing. So if you focus, it's better to cover a few things really well than to cover a lot of things in a cursory fashion. Um, the next one is that you want to gain your audience's attention by focusing on what they want. And we kind of show you, I'll, I'll show you some really quick, easy ways to kind of make your, your, um, your content more audience focused so that you get better feedback and improve your confidence as you kind of do that. Um, the, the next one is the next tip that we'll cover is you, if you want to improve your presentation skills, you can do that by improving your visual aids. <laughs> Most of the time we start by focusing on our visual aids and sometimes the visual aids are used as a crutch for us, the speaker in reality, though, they should be a, a way to help you clarify your thoughts. And we'll show you how to do that. And by the way, if you do what I'm going to suggest that you do in, in this episode about visual aids, you don't have to memorize anything, which is awesome, by the way. Um, one of the major things that we're going to focus on is how to make stories and examples the backbone of your presentation that reduces nervousness, makes you more, um, helps you build rapport with your audience more effective, more effectively. Your audience is going to love your content, and it just makes it a whole lot easier. So that that will make help you make that your backbone anyway. And um, one of the things that we'll talk about as well is we're going to show you how to use some subtle audience participation to make your speech more enjoyable. And by the way, it'll make it more enjoyable for both you and for the people in your audience. And then the last thing we're going to focus on is how to practice your presentation so that you get better results, so that you're, you become more skilled in the delivery of that particular presentation. Now, we'll cover each of these in a little bit more detail. However, before we do that, let's cover a few things just in general about public speaking fear, because that's really one of the reasons why you know folks are most tuned in to fearless presentations is how to reduce nervousness. If you're new to speaking in front of, a, of, of an audience, then you, you may feel that level of anxiety before you speak. 
um, or during your speech even, that's normal, just so you know. That's that's something that's really, really normal, normal. But just before you stand up to speak, one of the things that you can do is just kind of take a deep breath or take a couple of deep breaths. What that will do is it's going to calm your heart rate down a little bit and it will relieve some of the, the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Uh, the, and by the way, the faster that you get into a story, the, the less nervous that you're going to be. So I'm going to, I'll talk about that as we get into the part about how to insert stories and, and make that a, the backbone of your presentation. So we'll cover more on that later. So let's focus on the first tip, which is that you want to narrow down your presentation topic to a single result that interests your audience. It's got to be something that your audience wants to kind of hear about. So, so the first thing first, the, the real and really the most important thing that you want to do is you want to narrow down your topic. The more broad that your topic is, the more boring your presentation is going to be and the harder it's going to be to deliver. So um, effective presentations really solve problems for audience members. That's that's what makes good presenters different from people who are, who are not so good. So before you actually start designing your speech, one of the things that you want to ask yourself is, why would the audience even care about this topic? If you can't come up with a good answer to that question, speak on something else, right? <laughs> Whatever the answer is that you come up with, to that to that question that's going to be a much more focused topic by the way so when you answer that question it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to design your presentation so i'll give you a couple of examples and we'll use these examples throughout the the, the different parts of the session so let's say that a high school student is going to give a book report on let's just say huckleberry finn a lot of kids have to read that in high school so unless you are as good a storyteller as mark twain <laughs> A general report about the entire book will likely be pretty boring. So unless you're just a really, really, really good storyteller and you're funny, most likely that just if you just say, hey, Huckleberry Finn was about and just start trying to summarize what the book was about, it's going to be really boring. So a great way to start organizing your report is to try to figure out why other high school students would care about this particular report. You know, like, for instance, um, they may relate to the fact that the adults in the book are, are, are not, well, at least the, the, the young people, the teenagers in the book, in the book typically um, outsmart the adults in the book. That might be something that if you focus on that, it would make it more interesting to the, to your audience. Or maybe you might focus on how uh, Mark Twain uses humor and a lot of times absurdity to call attention to political injustices of the time. Now, either of those topics are going to be much better. They're going to likely go over well with a young, with a, a young crowd, and they're most likely going to be more interesting than just giving an overview of the book. The overview of the book, too broad. So make it a little bit more specific. Now, on the other hand, let's say that I'm delivering a, a project report at a, a team meeting. So basically, I'm, I'm a project leader, a project manager, and um, in, at team meetings, I'm supposed to give a report. Well, most of the time when a project leader is going to give a report, they just call their report, you know, project report or something like that. I mean, that's kind of boring, right? But so if you ask yourself, what is the most important thing that has happened on this project since the last time we met? You know, like, for instance, one of the things I'm seeing on the news is that inflation in the price of materials is 
is um, is kind of increasing. And so if you're giving a project report, there is a good chance that one of the most important things that has happened recently is that the price of your materials are going up. So it might actually push your project over budget. Or maybe it could be something like uh, the second shift on the project has increased efficiency, which has allowed us to end, to move up the anticipated end date. You know, so we're actually more efficient than what we thought we were going to be. And so as a result, we're going to be changing the, the, the schedule a little bit. So whatever the most important thing is that has occurred on this project since the last time you spoke to your group, that would be the main focus that you want to have in your in your presentation. The, the, so, the, I mean, the, the main point here is that a book report on Huckleberry Finn is going to be boring or and by the way, it's going to be hard to deliver as well. Or a, a project called a project report called project update is going to be boring as well. So narrow down the focus of the presentation, and it's going to make it much easier to actually create the presentation. And then it's going to be way easier to deliver it as well. So the next tip that we're going to cover is how you can you can improve your presentation skills by organizing your presentation and in just into just a few main bullet points. <laughs> so every great public speaker, by the way, knows that the, the rule of thumb is less is more. That is absolutely true in public speaking. As a general rule, bad presentations often just have too much information. They're covering too much in too short of a period of time. So you'll do better if you cover a few key points very well than if you cover a lot of points very poorly. Um, when you do the former, by the way, you're going to have plenty of time to cover everything. And most people do the exact opposite, though. They, they organize their presentations by making a list of everything that they know about the topic um, and, and then try to somehow cram all that into a single presentation. And then once they have all the content down, they realize that, oh, my God, that's going to take way too much time to deliver all that content. So now they start to cut items. They start to say, OK, what can I cut out of this thing? So this ends up being kind of a what I call a Swiss cheese presentation. It's got lots of holes in it. Even a good presenter will have trouble delivering a presentation that's designed like that. So a better way to organize your material is to start by asking yourself, what is the absolute most important thing? that I need to cover? Or what is the most important thing that the audience needs to know about this particular topic? And if you identify that one major point that absolutely has to be in the presentation. So for instance, if I go back to the earlier examples, you know, we we're talking about Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn. Mark Twain uses satire as a form of humor in this book. And so if you're going to design a presentation about humor in Huck Finn, you're likely going to need to cover satire somewhere in there. If it's not the major point, it's going to be one of the top, probably two or three anyway. So if you're, if you're designing the project update presentation that we talked about, you want to focus your main point on the, the project materials that have increased the most in price. If we're talking about how the budget might, we might be, challenged with the budget because the price of materials have gone up, then probably the thing that went up the most is one of the major points that we're going to need to cover. So once you have the most important thing identified, next you want to focus on the second most important thing and then focus on the third most important thing. And basically, so basically you want to organize your key points into I would say the five most important items to cover. It depends on really the length of time that you have to present, but typically three, four, five is is a good is a good 
series of bullet points to cover. And this will give you an easy presentation outline now to cover. So the third best way to improve your public speaking skills is to gain the audience's attention by focusing on what they want. We kind of talked about this a little bit in the first point, but I mean, let's let's be frank. Most audiences are pretty self-centered. In fact, most people are pretty self-centered. So if you want to gain favorable attention from the audience, a good way to do that is to help them solve a problem. So um, you want to you want to show the audience how they're going to benefit from understanding the content of your presentation. When you take this extra step, you're going to become a much, much better presenter. And in fact, most presenters, really, they focus on themselves. This causes a lot of that presentation fear that we talked about before. When you focus on the audience, though, you're going to improve your presentation skills to an entirely new level. So basically, think about the key takeaways that each person in the audience will gain by understanding your presentation. And then add the key takeaways to the end of the bullet point. So I'll give you a couple of examples. We'll take some of those earlier bullet points that we've already kind of talked about and add a key takeaway to them and show you how much more interesting they become. So like the original bullet point that we talked about before is that maybe Mark Twain uses humor, humor in the book, right? Mark Twain uses humor in Huckleberry Finn. Well, if you add in that most important concept, which was um, that he uses satire, then we just add that in. Mark Twain uses satire to add humor to Huckleberry Finn. And then add in the key takeaway now. The key takeaway might be that that he's encouraging the, the reader to see a different side of maybe a controversial subject. So basically, I could put that into the bullet point by say, so, saying something like, um, Mark Twain uses satire to add humor and at the same time encourage the reader to see a different side of a controversial subject. So basically, that subtle takeaway to the audience is that that they can use humor and satire to be more persuasive. So basically, they can learn from what from what uh, Mark Twain does. Um, Going back to the other example, uh, the other example was of the um, the project report. So basically. Um, Let's just say that the original bullet point that we had was that materials are now more expensive, right? Pretty boring. So if you add in the most important concept, which material is most is most expensive, then you might it might be at you might end up with something like the lumber that we need to complete the project has increased in price. Right. So now it's a little bit more specific as to what's going on. And then so what's the key takeaway of understanding that? So the the lumber that we need to complete the project has increased in price. So we need to cut cost elsewhere in order to stay on budget. Now, okay, so these bullet points are a little wordier. I mean, you, you probably noticed that. However, they better inform the audience as to what's going on. So a lot of times what tends to happen is people will trim their bullet points down to sometimes just a few key words or a couple of words or even a single word at times, which is basically more like a cheat note for the presenter. It doesn't really help the audience understand the concept better. So basically, when you do this technique, when you use this technique, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're making your visualator, you're making that thing that you're using, that bullet point that you're using to, to get the idea across to the audience better for the audience to understand. At the same time, you're making it easier on yourself because you don't have to remember what you were going to say. It's right there. You can put that on a visual aid and it makes it a whole lot easier. Okay. So that moves us right into the next key tip. A key what thing that you can do to improve your presentation skills is 
If you want to improve your presentation skills by improving your visual aids, <laughs> by the way, if you do this, you don't have to memorize anything. You're probably already seeing this, by the way, based on what we covered in the, the last section. But basically, after you've created these three or five great key points, you can turn the points into a really effective PowerPoint presentation slide as well. Um, like, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a session on how many slides that a good presentation should have. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping to do that in, in the next couple of weeks because it is one of those things that I get a lot of questions about. How many slides should I have? Is that too many? And that kind of thing. The quick answer, though, is really just one. If you, if you design your slide really effectively, you can do your entire presentation with just a single slide. Do this. I do this all the time. Um, and in fact, successful speakers start by designing the great presentation first, and then they add visual aids to kind of help the audience better understand the con content that they're, they're getting across. So the great thing about this technique is that if you design a few really, really good bullet points, you just type those bullet points onto a single slide and you and, and then just use your outline as the way to start your presentation. That's kind of an overview. You just read the slide. <laughs> it's gonna, if you if you do, if you just read the slide to them, you're going to give the audience a good overview of the content. And if you do it really well, they're going to look at that and go, oh, OK, great. I want to hear about this. Right. Because you're focusing on things that they want. You, you'll, you're, when you're giving, let's say it's a three point three bullet pointed presentation. And if each one of those bullet points has a benefit to the audience or a result, like we talked about in, in one of the previous tips, then basically all you really have to do is read the bullet point and, and go, okay, yes, I want that thing that's in number one. I want the thing that's in number two. And I want the thing that's in number three. And boom, now all of a sudden we got the, you're, we're telling the audience now in the first couple of seconds of our presentation why they need to pay attention, what's going to be most important to them in this presentation. And, and you're because you're giving those key takeaways in each one of the bullet points, right? Now, between you and I, though, just so you know, I typically create a separate slide for each one of the key points that, that I use as well. So I'll do the, the single slide that has the overview. And then for bullet point number one, I'll create a, a new slide. However, I often only put like a nice image on each one of those internal slides. If I put anything on there, it's going to be something like a quote or something, something that that kind of adds some clarity. But a lot of times I don't read anything that's on that that second slide. Usually it's just an image that um, as I'm kind of painting the picture for, for to the audience with my stories, and that kind of thing, I can kind of use that slide as a, as a backdrop. So whether or not you feel like you're a great presenter when your audience, when, when you're doing this technique, your audience will actually realize that your content is important to them in the first few seconds of your presentation, they're going to see you as a good presenter. So even if you don't think of yourself as being a good presenter, your audience will think of you as being one just by using this technique. So it, just doing this simple thing can really improve your presentation skills very, very quickly. So the next tip is that you want to make stories and examples the backbone of your, your presentation. So the absolute best way to reduce nervousness when you stand up in front of a group is to tell a story right away. Now, I know I mentioned right at the very early part of this is that the best way is to get better at speaking. Obviously, the more you improve your skills, the, the less nervousness you're going to be. Well, one of the best ways to encourage that to happen very quickly is to get into a story right away because that's going to help you increase your confidence 
very, very quickly and, um, and fixes a lot of the other things as well. So when you tell a story from your own experience, basically all you really have to do is play the video in your head of what you remember. And then just explain to the audience what you see, right? Basically, whatever that memory is, just kind of explain to them what that what you're what you're seeing in your head. And and by the way, when you tell a good story, you're going to naturally use great hand gestures. The audience will will see that you're using really confident body language. This happens naturally. You don't have to force it. So and and in fact, the more details that you put into your story, the easier it is for the audience to experience the memory with you. So so it's building rapport. Now I give you a couple of examples here. So um, let's say, for instance, that I'm giving that presentation about Huckleberry Finn. I mean, I, I could just give facts and data about what's in the book, or I can add in a simple personal story about when I read it. I might say something like, um, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but when when I got to the part of the book about the Duke and the Dauphin, I, I, I was I was in study hall in high school. And at one point, I kind of broke the silence with a subtle laugh. And Coach Adams was actually leading the, the study hall. And he looked up and and it looked as though, at least for a second, it looked as though he was about to stand up, maybe say something to me because it was totally dead silent, quiet, and I start laughing. And and then uh, that is until he um, he looked at the book that was in my hand and, and he kind of smiled and, and kind of went back to what he was doing. Um, the reason why is because Mark Twain uses satire in this part of the book to really add absurd absurdity. That's That was one of the reasons why it kind of cracked me up. So the two so-called royals, are actually they're con men and the the two they these basically these these swindlers they um day after day they swindle adults but the uneducated teenager who dropped out of high school or whatever huck finn he figures out their game right away so he's he's caught on to what they're what they're doing it doesn't take him very long and what makes the two funny is that every time they try to swindle people they ultimately fail. It backfires on them. However, they never learn from that failure. In fact, they double down the next time. They make it worse the next time. And they do. The, they use the same behavior that they had before uh, and hoping that they're going to get a different result, but it ends up backfiring even more the next time. So basically, Mark Twain is using this story to point out how most people never learn from their mistakes. You see, it's basically I'm now explaining what was in the story by just telling my own version of that story. I didn't say I wrote it. All I have to do is just say, hey, this is what I was doing when I read this part of the book. Now, all I have to do is remember what happened when I was reading the book. I don't have to remember every single detail about that particular part of the story. I just All I have to do is just remember what was happening to me at the time. It becomes my story now. Um, I'll give you another example, like, for instance, um, going back to the, the material cost. Um, this actually happened just in the last day or so. My cousin sent out a Facebook post. I think it was yesterday, and it had two images on it. The first of the two images was a pallet of lumber, and the lumber was stacked up pretty high. And it was it was pretty full. And the caption underneath the, the image said, uh, what $1,000 bought 12 months ago. 
And the second image showed the same palettes. I think it was probably the exact same palette um, with about one tenth of the amount of lumber on it. So it only had just a few boards on it. And, and the caption said, this is what $1,000 buys today. Now um, we're seeing the same thing happen on this project. So the cost of lumber has just skyrocketed. So as a result, we need to kind of watch every single cost to make sure that we don't go over budget. So basically all I'm doing in that story is I'm making it more personal by just kind of telling something that occurred to me that was similar to what I'm trying to cover in the, in the presentation. The, the, if, you, if you kind of think about what happened in your own mind as I was explaining those two things, there's a good chance that while I was telling the story about being in study hall, you probably don't know what Coach Adams looks like, but you probably had an image of Coach Adams in that story. There's a, a picture was formed in your mind. Same thing with the Facebook post. You probably didn't see that picture, but there's a good chance that you created an image in your head of a, a palette that had lots of boards on it and then a palette with nothing on it, right? The reason why is because when I tell that in a story format, it makes it easier for you to kind of generate that image in your head. So both of these examples are their personal stories. I mean, I didn't write Huck Finn, but I can relay the story about where I was when I read it. And I, 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 I could just insert the Facebook post onto a slide and it's probably kind of funny, but, but if I tell the story, it makes the whole process more engaging. And that's really what you want to do to, to kind of improve your presentation skills. Okay. So the next tip is that you want to use some subtle audience participation to make your speech more enjoyable, by the way, that's going to make it more enjoyable for you and for the people that are in your audience. So one of the main things that people want to do to improve presentation skills is to get better at audience participation. They want, they want to make their presentations more interactive. They want to make them more interesting for the people that are in the, the audience. Uh, and by the way, I did an entire session on this skill. I'll link to it in the show notes, but um, you can, if you want to find it really quickly, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. Just type in the words, adding audience participation to a presentation. You'll find it very quickly. Um, but, but what I'm going to do in this session is kind of cover a few simple things that you can do to really elevate your public speaking skill, you know, in, in a very short period of time. So like, for instance, an easy way to do this is to just ask an open-ended question to your audience. Um, so like, for instance, um, uh, if, if I were delivering that presentation about the, the, um, the, the cost of the project getting overrun, right, I could at the end, or at, as I move toward the end of that bullet point, I can open up with a question, an opinion asking question like, hey, so what are some ideas that you guys have for cutting costs in other areas of the project? And I let them tell me. And the, the question is just asking for the opinion of the participants in your audience. So there's no right or wrong answer. Everyone's got one. Everybody's got an opinion. So um, you're, you're likely to get better participation if you ask their opinion. The goal is to try to get the entire group to give at least one answer. You're not always going to do that. Sometimes people just don't like to speak up or maybe the answer that they would have given was given out by somebody else already. But for the most part, you want to kind of keep getting people to respond until you get a majority of those people to give you an answer. And when you do this, by the way, you're now creating a dialogue with your audience versus a monologue. You're not just getting up and speaking. It's not a one-sided presentation. Now you're getting that, that dialogue with your audience. And by the way, this particular part of presentation skills, this is a very elite public speaking skill. So when you get good at this, 
then your audience is going to see you as being a fantastic presenter. So this is one of the things that you want to kind of focus on. Get, so, get a lot of practice doing this one. The better you get at this, the better people are going to see you as a, as a speaker. Okay, so the last tip that I'm going to give you is um, that you want to practice your presentation with a person, a partner, family member, significant other, somebody that you trust. Um, the reason why is, and by the way, you only want to practice maybe once or twice with an actual person. Uh, anytime that you practice a, practice a skill for the first time, you're likely going to be pretty nervous. However, when you practice and then have a success, then your confidence will actually grow. So before you go and stand in front of other people, you want to practice with a friend, a coworker, family member. Basically, you want to pick someone who has kind of a friendly demeanor that, that is going to give you good visual feedback, meaning that when you say something that they agree with, they're going to let you know. So um, I, I, by the way, I remember taking my very, very first professional public speaking class. I'd taken classes in college, but this was the first time I'd ever actually paid somebody to teach me how to speak in front of a group. And the instructor was hilarious. One of the things that he said was he said that there are basically three speeches that every person gives. He said the first speech is the presentation that you prepare to give. That's the one that you 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 kind of organize and 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 you you kind of prepare that in your head. And he said the second one is the one that you actually give to your audience. And then the final presentation is the one that you give to your steering wheel on the way home. Because when you're talking to your steering wheel, you never forget anything. You always like, oh man, I should have said this, but oh man, I should have probably. so basically you make a lot of corrections giving that what, what he called the steering wheel talk. So basically what he suggested was that you practice your speech with a friend, a coworker, a family member, so that you get the crummy presentation out of the way. And then you're able to give your, what he called your steering wheel talk in front of your real group. And that's pretty good. That's a, it, it's a funny statement, but it actually works really well. When you practice with a person, you're getting visual feedback from that person when, when he or she understands you. A lot of times what will happen is you say something that they know that they understand, they agree with, they're going to nod. Mm -hmm. Right. So when, when that happens, they, they may even, if they're friendly, they may even smile at you, right. If they understand what you're talking about, or they relate to something that you've said, or if you've said something funny, they might actually laugh. So when you get those subtle responses it will actually improve your confidence pretty dramatically. When you say something that is confusing, the other person will also react. But what this allows you to do, though, is it allows you to alter the delivery of your, of your content so that it's more understandable. If you say something that's a, a confusing to the person that you're practicing with, then now you have the opportunity to make an alteration to that before you start speaking in front of, a, of a, the, the real group. So it'll make you so a whole lot easier to understand and it'll increase your confidence pretty dramatically as well. All right. So before we end, though, I want to cover one more quick thing, because some of the, one of the things that will actually come up when we're talking about improving public speaking skills is that how do you make the presentation fit into the correct time limit? I got 10 minutes to speak. How do I make sure that this presentation is going to fit into that? Well, one of the great advantages of inserting stories and examples as your presentation backbone is that they allow you to adjust the timing of the presentation very, very easily. For instance, when you do when you do your practice with your with your partner and you let's say you end with extra time left over. Well, that all you need to do now is 
add more details into each one of the stories that you've added into your presentation, and all of a sudden it was more likely to fit the time frame pretty pretty effectively. If you find that you don't have enough time to deliver all the content, then you can trim down your stories a little bit, or maybe even trim out some of the the evidence that you've that you've collected, or maybe even take a bullet point out if that's if that's appropriate. So basically, you can kind of trim it down a little bit just by cutting out some of the content. A good public speaker will typically take about Eh, 10 minutes or so to deliver a well-developed presentation that just has three bullet points. And that's about what it takes me to, if if I give a three point presentation, it's typically going to take me anywhere from 10 minutes to maybe 15 minutes to deliver that. Depending on how much detail that I put in there, um, the time frame. Um, and by the way, that time frame will actually make a pretty good presentation. Um, as you become a more confident speaker, though, a well-developed presentation with five bullet points will last about anywhere from a half hour. And the great speaker will add in more stories and examples and can actually make that presentation go about an hour. So typically, if I'm going to give a five-point presentation, that's like a keynote speech for me. I, I It'll take me about an hour to deliver that entire presentation because I'm putting in lots of stories and examples and, and different things like that. Um, the point is, is that you will learn to adjust the timing of your delivery by adjusting the stories that you use in your presentation. The more practice that you get, the easier your adjustments will be, by the way. I mean, over the years, I've done this so many times that I can make my presentations hit almost to the minute, sometimes to the second of of, um, the time that I'm supposed to end. And it's not because I'm giving the same speech over and over again. It's a brand new speech every time I do it, but I'm able to adjust my timing of my stories. I can speed up my stories a little bit if I need to, cut out some of the details or adding and add in additional stories or or whatever I need to do to, to make it hit the time frame. And so it makes it that that um, that skill is something that you'll get very good at if you keep practicing it over and over again. If your speech is supposed to last, you know, maybe 15 minutes or less, you probably want to cover just three bullet points. If it's more than 15 minutes, anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour, typically about five bullet points is is pretty good. Anything over five, and it's going to be much more difficult for you to remember what you want to say. It's also going to be harder for the audience to to remember your content as well. So just kind of keep that in mind. You do these few simple things and you're going to improve your presentation skills dramatically, very, very quickly. And if you actually if you need help, remember that our two day public speaking class can actually speed up that process dramatically as well. So just go to fearlesspresentations.com for details. All right. We'll see you next week, guys, on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Bye, y'all. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.